971 FM Talk. On Demand Audio. I want to thank my, uh, my, my introducer. Yeah, yeah, you're welcome, Mr. President. Uh, this is what we're dealing with these days on a, a national level. And get this, I read this story yesterday and I said to Tricia, you've, you've, got, you've got to book this guest for me. If Joe Biden had simply done nothing upon taking office and allowed that one-time emergency spending for COVID to expire, the federal budget would be balanced right now. When you when you consider that versus the damage he's actually done, it is frightening is what it is. We've got EJ and Tony with us right now, research fellow for the Heritage Foundation's Grover Herman Center for the Federal Budget. And uh, EJ, thanks for joining us. No, Mark, my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Great article. Thank you for giving me some time on this Friday morning before uh, New Year's Eve. Uh, th- this is this is something everybody needs to read so they understand what Bidenomics, even though uh, the president's not using that word anymore, has really done to us. Well, absolutely. And, and, you know, and as much as this administration loves to talk about how, oh, they've cut the deficit, they've done this, they've done that, a lot of people are just sitting there scratching their heads saying, that doesn't sound right. When we're spending trillions upon trillions of dollars, we don't have. It's much like how they keep talking about how they're bringing prices down. I, I don't see prices anywhere coming down. They're just going up at a slower rate. Yeah, maybe gas prices have dropped slightly. Uh, here recently, but they're nowhere near what they were under the under the Trump administration. And the, the American energy industry is frozen right now. They can't do anything to help. Right. It's much like how the, the housing market today is completely frozen. You know, some people think that there's a bubble in housing. I tell you one thing, there's certainly a bubble in, and that's realtors. Right now, so few homes are being sold that the average realtor is going to make less than two sales per year today. I mean, if if that's not a bubble, I don't know what is. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, we've talked about prices at the grocery store, and this is what I've said before. The stock market, for some reason, is at an all-time high. But when you go to the store, uh, you're paying how much, 20% more for food right now than you were in what, uh, two years ago, three years ago? Right, exactly. Over, in fact, over ninety percent of of the common consumer staples that we buy at the grocery store are up at least twenty percent. Some of them obviously are up even more. And so the result of that is people just can't make ends meet. This is why we have a record number of Americans today working multiple jobs, two or three jobs even, because they just can't make it from paycheck to paycheck anymore. The the situation with food being expensive has gotten so bad that in the last year, we've seen at least two different financing companies prop up. and, And literally, the only thing they will allow you to finance is groceries. In other words, it's like a specialty credit card that you can only use in the supermarket. I mean, that's bad. That is truly, truly bad. EJ, this is Kim. You talk about credit. I mean, you you talk in your article about how a record number, uh, there's record credit card debt and how people are still trying to pay off their, their debt from last Christmas. That's right, Kim. Exactly. So, so many Americans have have had to turn to credit cards to try to make ends meet. And that's especially dangerous to have $1.1 trillion in credit card debt at a time when the interest rate on those credit cards is at a record high. And now as those credit cards get maxed out, people are turning to the retailers themselves to get additional financing. They're using these these buy now 
pay later schemes that allow you essentially to load up on debt that's not reported on credit card uh, you know, reports. And the result of that is you're going into the new year now with the consumer especially laden down with all of this debt. It, it truly is not a good situation. And we don't even really have a good measurement as to how bad it is. Yeah. No. No, E.J. Antoni is our guest from the Heritage Foundation and works for the Center for the uh, the Federal Budget. Speaking of who's who's injured the most, I'll hear Joe Biden go out and and talk about being Joe from Scranton and he's working for the average American. I read the other day where 61 or maybe it was a higher percentage of Americans are are still living paycheck to paycheck. So maybe you could describe for people, as you did in the article, the, the real impact of who inflation is hitting the hardest under the Biden administration. Well, if you're somebody who is already a high net worth individual or already had a high income when Biden took office, you actually haven't done that bad, to be honest, under this administration. You know, a lot of those people, their wages, their earnings have actually risen slightly faster than inflation. So they've, they've done fine. But for most of us who are not in those upper income uh, strata, what happens? Well, your earnings do not keep up with inflation. You don't own a lot of assets, whether that's equities or houses, whatever the case may be, things that inflate, things that rise as prices rise generally. And so now you're, you're probably one of those people who are, are stuck renting, maybe never able to own a home, right? You've seen your real wages. In other words, how much your earnings can actually pay. You've seen that drop tremendously. And some of that is also because one of the things that, that happens when you have these periods of high inflation is that people have to change their spending habits. And so I, I don't get to buy, uh, let's say, filet or an expensive cut of beef very frequently, and I just have to buy ground beef instead. Well, that's that's a staple that's already bought disproportionately by the poor, by people with lower incomes. So now you have shifted demand, you have shifted uh, consumer tastes and preferences, as they say, and that's going to cause an increase in demand, which further drives up the cost of the things that the poor were already buying. So you get a double whammy on top of it. I mean, you, you kind of just hit my point, you know, because I'm one of the first people to say Bidenomics sucks. It's not working. But how big of an issue is it, do you think, of people living beyond their means? They're not adjusting. They're not willing to sacrifice when inflation has been impacting everybody. Oh, goodness. You know, it, it, it's, it's a problem that has been going on for, for far too long, quite frankly. It's been fueled by the Federal Reserve Uh, with their artificially low interest rates, which is what has helped to give us this inflation and anemic economic growth. And and unfortunately, people just haven't learned the lesson. And and that goes for the government as well, Mm -hmm. right? You would think at this point, someone in Washington would have said, "Hmm, gee, maybe it's not a good idea to constantly spend beyond our means. But no, no one seems (laughs) to be waking up to the fact. No, Yeah, they're spending on dumb things like with diversity and all this junk that we don't need. Yeah, it's crazy. You know, you did mention in here, and I want to point this out to people, that just because of regulatory rulemaking under Biden, it's cost the average American household about $9,600 in two years. Compare that with what happened with those costs under Donald Trump. Well, we saw exactly the opposite. Donald Trump was actually the first president, really, since Ronald Reagan to reduce the cost of regulations on Americans. So it didn't, you know, this isn't a partisan point at all. This isn't political. Both Republicans and Democrats routinely cost the American family thousands of dollars more 
in regulation costs, except what did what did President Trump do? He actually did the opposite. He lowered regulatory costs by thousands of dollars for American families. And, and if I can, I just want to make this point that the reason regulatory costs are so noteworthy here is because they are not included in all of these different government statistics that measure things like inflation. And so if people are wondering, why do I feel so terrible about the economy and yet, and yet the official metrics look so good, it's because a lot of it's hidden from view and it's not included in those quote-unquote official metrics. Yeah, that, that is a fantastic point and uh, one that, that I appreciate you making there because I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to post a link to, to your article up on our Facebook page for those who are watching there this morning. If not, you can go to heritage.org and search, uh, search for the article as well because I, I want people – to read this and really see what the impact has been. And uh, EJ Antoni did a great job on this. Thank you. Well, thank you for having me. Happy New Year to both of you guys. Ha- you too. Happy New Year to you as well. EJ Antoni there, who's a fellow at the Heritage Foundation, their center for the federal budget. I just posted that up on the Facebook page where you can go and read what every voter needs to know about how much your expenses have gone up in a very short period of time. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's incredible. It's an incredible read. It's eye opening. Really yeah. is. You'd think people would ask themselves, the, "Are you better off now than you were four years ago?" When they go vote, and time and again, they they reelect the same people that put them in this position that we're yeah. in right now. <laughs> yeah. Makes no sense. Yeah, it's, it, 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 you, you keep doing what you've done. You're going to get what you always got. Right. That there's just there's no truer statement that's really ever been made, uh, except of course uh, this one which again is one of my favorites. It's never too early to learn that the government is a greedy piglet that suckles on a taxpayer's teat until they have sore, chapped nipples. Yep, that is the truth, uh, Mr. Swanson. Get more at 971talk.com.